right, KISS Army. Welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. We hope that you enjoy. 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 Welcome to episode 331 of the Kiss FAQ podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. This is an impromptu episode because we're actually doing a recording of the Look It's Rock and Roll podcast this week, looking at a mighty, mighty album by a mighty, mighty band, and it's not the mighty, mighty Boston's. Um, today, I'm joined by a live Catman, Skidmark63. 73. Skidmark 73. 73 on the, on the message board. Andrew, good to see you as always. And the voice of reason, the man Hello. of all seasons, 69th Blizzard, Ken That's on the board. One. So, uh, this is Veterans Day in the United States. We've had Remembrance Sunday everywhere else in the, in the Commonwealth or in the, the British Empire on which the sun never sets. Uh, but I do want to give a shout out to all our veterans for your service and thank you for that service and obviously memories of those who are no longer with us who have served their country. Um, thank you from the KISS Army, or at least these these three clowns from the KISS Army. We salute you. Yeah. Indeed. I, I'm, super, I'm super behind anyone that decides that they want to go and defend their country and do something that, that I wouldn't do. So, you know, um, it's it's easy for me to celebrate them in one day, but, you know, it, it's, it, it's one of those things that if I see someone, I make sure I thank them. If I could buy their coffee, if I could buy their bagel, all, all the more better. They're doing something that I wouldn't do because I can't do it. I mean, can you imagine if they ever drafted me in the war? They put me on the front lines because they'd be like, let him suck up the bullets so all the people behind him that can actually fight can have a fighting chance. He's just a, a human shield. So hats off to anyone that does that. It's super brave of them to do that in, in a time, you know, for the last 20 years, it's almost been a time of turmoil. And there have been many, many people that have enlisted in a time of known turmoil. So uh, hats off to you guys. So uh, my respects, 100%. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of my friends from high school actually did go into the military, serving in Kuwait, Panama, and elsewhere in the 90s, you know, before Desert, uh, whatever 2001 was in the action there. I was actually going through the process of entry into the RAF. So just oh, imagine, really? imagine that concept for for yeah. a moment. Yeah, I didn't want to be a pilot. I wanted to be uh, work on mission on uh, weapon systems and electronics yeah. and, and that kind of side of stuff. Um, be support Nerd. be support staff to you know the Top Guns or at least the British version. There but uh, breaking my legs put paid to that. Then I was going to be a cop. Go figure that one as well. <laughs> so, all right, let's move on into Kiss Land. We've got a few things to cover today. There is another new Kiss book coming out, and this one is now available on pre-order on Amazon, and it is, they just seem a little weird. Either of you seen anything about that one yet? I haven't. It looks like a book on other 70s rock acts, too. Obviously, the cover is completely inspired by Kiss. Uh, but this is one that I just I saw on the FAQ, just I'm sure like you guys did. And uh, I, I don't know. I it's I, I would need to know more about it. So I guess maybe I'll just listen when you guys want to talk about this. But at, at the same time, um, it looks cool. It looks different. Yeah, I, I saw a little bit about it. Uh, initially, it follows what Kiss, Aerosmith, um, Cheat Trick and what's the fourth? More stars, like baby. Star and stars. And uh and then how that, what, I don't say the 70s, they had rock and roll, but it then continued into the 80s, and then how other, some other bands, particular bands, were influenced, I think, uh, and so on, and then maybe the 90s, so uh, some other bands. I think Julian probably has more information than me, even. It's kind of one of those that just came out of nowhere. Um, almost oh, kind yeah. of like, if you guys remember the the James Campion book, Shout Out Loud, that also kind of just it came kind out of just nowhere. just popped up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, uh, well, this is by Doug Broad, or Broad, um, and it was the age when heavy-footed, humorless dinosaurs roamed the hard rock landscape, but that all changed when into these dazed and confused mid-70s strutted four flamboyant stands that revealed and revved, reveled, oh, 
I'm wearing, I am wearing my glasses, I just can't read, um, that reveled in revved up anthems and flaunted a novel theatricality. They just seemed a little weird. Veteran entertainment journalist Doug offers an eye and ear opening look at the crucial moments in music history. Okay, I'm not going to read all that, but it does look interesting. <laughs> and of course, Stars is kind of the foil, is the one of those bands that did not make it. Um, oh. Aerosmith, Cheap Trick, and Kiss obviously did to various. Continue different levels i mean cheap trick is probably the most valid uh in a current form of those three bands kiss has been uh, stuck in the kind of legacy mode for 20 years in essence even with sonic boom and monster and aerosmith well pretty much the same even though they did do music from another dimension but that was like mm. pulling a dog out of a cat's ass i like the artwork <laughs> hmm i like the artwork Oh, what music from another? Yeah, for that, for that, for that record, I like the artwork. I like the first six songs, but after yeah, seventeen, I didn't make it that far. You're after, a better after, man than me. After <laughs> seven, after seventeen, it got a little bit turgid. But uh, all right, so this week, has anyone bought any Kiss shit? I have, and um, I guess we'll talk about this just a little bit today. Much more about it um, in the future. And, and if you see me on my phone on this, I'm just trying to snipe some auctions while we're while we're chatting here tonight. Um, I'm just looking for reunion tour magazines that I kind of don't have in my collection. Uh, recently just won the Livewire magazine. I know there was a poster that came with it. I opted to get it super cheap. I got it for three bucks, complete without the poster. So the magazine's intact, just no poster. I think it's one side is Spirit of 76, and the other side is something else. I don't know what that is. Maybe someone can help me out with that. Can't remember what it is. Um, and then I, I got uh, I got the Forbes magazine, Kiss on the cover of Forbes. Oh, yeah, Forbes. Yeah. Four bucks. How can you yeah. say no to that? So um, I'm watching a couple other ones. Um, and I also I also just picked up a, uh, a backstage laminate from 9697. And look, it belonged to someone from Mercury Records because it has Mercury down at the bottom oh. um, in glitter. So, uh, so it's cool. So, cool. you know, I've said it once before. I'll say it again. The reunion tour is kind of my favorite time period of the band. It's kind of what made me the uh, diehard fan that I am today. So to be able to look back on it um, fondly right now and kind of cherry pick some of the things that some Kiss fans don't want. They just kind of want the vintage stuff, the coin era stuff. Pick up on some stuff that uh, reminds me of that. And uh, it's cool. I'm, re I'm reliving it again, and uh, I, I, uh, I can't say enough good things about it. So uh, nice. find something out there you like and just do that, and uh, you'd be surprised how happy you are. Yeah, no, better, be, better to be happy than a miserable SOB, mm -hmm. right? Especially in this yeah. day and age. Ken, how about yeah. you? As far as getting Kiss stuff, uh, I did get something, but I'm not going to say what it is because we're going to—I think we will use it on this show in the future. So I don't want to spoil anything. Um, so um, it's nothing that exciting, but it's something that I think. Uh, something we haven't done on the show. So. Well, now it's, it's mysterious. It's yeah, just now, leave now it, it's mysterious. Just leave it there. It's not makeup, okay? <laughs> but it's exciting to you. That's the thing. Like, as long as you, as the person, enjoy it. Uh, but of course, I, I'm going to completely, it's, completely. Yeah, it's, um, it's kind of going to be a fun thing. So there I, you go. I'm going to completely, um, you know, uh, disengage myself here in a moment because I know one of the t one of the subjects we're going to talk about later on. I'm going to just go full on. I'm going to do one of my one of my rants about it. So nice. <laughs> All right, so I got some stuff this week, and it arrived in, like 20 minutes before this show. came in a nice box, and it is my CD Japan order. I ordered all four of those MQA CDs, so I've already switched this over into the cover that I prefer, the French ones, uh -huh. to match yeah. up with the, uh, um, the version of Take Me Away Together as one. Obviously, Killers, we've already given away a copy of that. So I'm keeping this one. Um, okay. Smashes, which held up the rest of the order. Apparently, there's nothing special about this. It's got a repro um, printed in her dust sleeve in there as well, but nothing else in terms of its, uh, you know, chalkies and whatnot. But I do want to get the audio ABing with some of the other international versions just to see if anything interesting does slip into there. And, of course, the mighty... I think this is yeah, the most so, magnificent um, reissue so I have. Yeah, it, it's shiny, man. It's like <laughs> you, you just turn into Nigel from Spinal Tap. It's like it's <laughs> shiny, and it's got a poster and a and a mini order form and an award. And Andrew, that's right. You were that's gonna like, say you were gonna say something. 
I'm, I'm just I, I get giddy about that double platinum thing every time you show it yeah, because you know I cool. it was the first one that I bought uh, I got it and it's just I don't know it's just I, I get I get so giddy when someone shows it because I'm like that's oh, so cool um, <laughs> I don't know I, I love that thing and, and unfortunately I don't have a place to display it right now so it's like it's put away with my other Kiss CDs but man how cool is that damn thing I'm gonna put mine in I got the Disc Union box that came out in Ooh. 2006 the double platinum box so I'm gonna see if I can fit any of these in there one thing I did want to show everyone else because I do sing the praises of CD Japan a lot and currently you can only get things delivered in the US by FedEx or premium courier so it does add to the cost but usually they do have other shipping methods that do come in isn't it DHL that's who delivered mine Mine came FedEx, so I, okay. I think you have the option of DHL or FedEx. And if I do run away, actually, during the show, it's because I actually have DHL coming in from England with my freaking old passport. So if I disappear from them, uh, please excuse me. But getting back we'll to CD about- Japan, this is what they ship in. And this is what four uh, mini LP CDs came in box-wise, just so that you see how their attention to packaging is really good. It has fold-out cover inside. They wrap the CDs in bubble wrap and then in nice crepe paper around it and then there's more crepe paper in the box to protect it so very well packaged for international delivery crinkle crinkle um, just want to show that to people if anyone's been on the fence oh I don't know how it's going to be packaged it's coming from Japan and respect and attention to detail is a mm-hmm. core component of the culture and I have never been let down and by the way I don't get any advertising out of CD Japan for doing that I'm strictly saying this because I've used them for many 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 years and really dig the service so yeah I paid for I ordered all uh, the uh, Memorial Clover Z single from them way back in 2015 when that came out yeah I had no problems with that it was super cool really really enjoyed that yep really really enjoyed that so Right. Every time I see someone show the best of the solos, I'm like, do I want to get it? Do I want like it might be the one that I just say uh, and I might just go and get it. But uh, just get it. I'm looking I'm looking for uh, some greatest kiss versions that I'm still on looking for. So um, that's my current CD that I'm hunting down. Greatest kiss. All right. So it is November. What day is it? The 11th. What day is 11, that? 11, 11, 11. Rock and roll over day isn't it. Rock and roll yeah. over. Actually, would Kurt approve of that statement? Am I correct, or am uh, I, or, or am I wrong? You know, I, be- I believe that's been a date ago, that's yeah. been highly publicized. That Rock and Roll Over came out on November 11th, 1976. I'm just checking because you know we wouldn't want to be wrong. Let's just have some quick thoughts on Rock and Roll Over. I've often pontificated about this album. This is my favorite Kiss album. So this is my. Kissmas, if you want to call it that. I love the sound from start to finish. Someone did a poll today. What is your favorite song? And I was like, calling Dr. Love today. Andrew. It's my favorite record, too. It's it's actually currently the only record that I've purchased as Kiss has been redoing all of these anniversary color vinyl albums. I am kicking myself for not doing double platinum, but say la vie on that one. But this is one that was an easy purchase. It's my favorite record. I, I love everything from start to finish. Just you, you listen to it starts with I want you. And even, even the filler on that album is still great. I think the band was firing on all cylinders at this point in time. They sounded the best they ever sounded live. That Cobalt Hall concert from January, 1977 is epic. And then of course they went to Japan um, later on. So this is one of my favorite time periods of the band. And if you want to listen to something cool that came out around this time, there is a radio special that was put up by Burns media you may not be able to find the actual LP, but you can find the actual audio content. It's called A Rock and Roll Over with Kiss, put together by Burns Media. It's a super, super, super cool radio show from the 70s. And it uh, gives Kiss's history all the way up to that point. It, they interviewed Gene and Paul and some Casablanca, um, yeah, just staff members. Ace and Peter are nowhere to be found in this special. But it's still cool. So if you've never heard it, definitely check out A Rock and Roll Over with Kiss which is from Burns Media. Um, I believe it's November 1976 when it actually came out. But super, super cool. Super cool time with the band. Absolutely love it. Hands down, my favorite Kiss record. Burns Media. Didn't I play that for you, Ken, on a drive down to L.A.? Did. Yeah. You did play that for me when we were going to see Peter Chris Re- uh, down in L.A. Yeah. 
really, really good radio show. I think that's probably my favorite one that would go so well on a deluxe edition if they could get the rights to it, which obviously would possibly be a right. challenge. But it would be perfect to have a, like a little mini repro of that, mini LP style, you know, on CD as bonus material in there. So that'd be very cool. Ken, what are your thoughts on Rock and Roll Over? That's kind of what got me started. It is my pretty much my favorite album by them also. Um, but that's the one where my friend, you know, showed me the album cover. I was like, oh, this is, you know, comic book-like, you know, cool drawing and everything. And then he, you know, proceeded to put on the the, the first side and, you know, acoustic and stuff. And then it kicked into gear and I was like, whoa, this is good, you know. Um, so... Yeah, that was the thing that really got me started. Um, and I didn't know, maybe I didn't know or I heard them on the radio around the, that time. Uh, Calling Dr. Love was always kind of like my first favorite song by Kiss um, at that time. So, yeah, it got me started. And then I think I I didn't buy that one first, though. I didn't, you know, I bought a live too, but then I'm sure I bought uh, Rock and Roll Over like right after it or something. Do you find it weird that uh, both of you mentioned Calling Dr. Love and uh, as like a really standout song on that record that you guys like, probably mm-hmm. at this current time because our favorites are going to always change. Yeah. Do you find it weird that they didn't play Calling Dr. Love on the Rock and Roll Over tour? Oh, well, yeah, that, that's interesting. They, well, that, <laughs> that makes they, sense to Yeah, me. they started off with Love Him and Leave Him, Hard Luck Woman, and of course... Did they I Want You, right? Yeah. They, uh, take Me and take Brought... Love? And brought Beth into the set from the previous album oh. as well. So, you know, I think they had ladies room with that weird on your participation part. Yeah. So yeah, they had five songs, five or six songs at the first show from that uh, from that album. But for me, you know, th- it's always about the production. That is where it was nailed. Yeah. And you think back to kind of how long they had these producers around them for. Well, Kerner and Wise lasted, what, November 73 um, to August 74. So a very short period to do two albums. Um, Neil Bogart obviously only did the one. And then you had Ezra and Oni in there for one album. And then you had Kenny, no, Eddie Kramer. <laughs> yeah, I totally got that wrong. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Kramer. Kenny, Kenny Kramer. Kenny Kramer. Um, brother. Yeah. <laughs> they had him from, well... Alive? August, August 76, because he was recording shows for them during the Destroyer tour. And then he stayed with them through, well, Alive 2 would have been, what, uh... Is that November 77? October 77? Mm-hmm. So they actually had one of the longest stretches with him and Poncia. So, you know, it's just what, kind um, of... Aside from... Because you mentioned that you, saw, you said you mentioned he was recording shows. He recorded Anaheim 76 yeah. for them, correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah, he, he, he did the board or the audio for that. And then obviously he also did uh, Japan in 77. And then, of course, the forum shows later on in 77 as well so he did a lot of work with them i think he also recorded some other shows with uh the band for destroyer for the tour so i've seen some contracts i think that did uh name a couple of others i can't think of them off the top of my head my brain is failing um let's move on and we're just going to go through quick topics again today and this is stuff that's been kind of uh, well i guess it's current affairs to a certain degree bruce kulik uh he, he's posted another one of his fantastic videos he looks back on the hot in the shade tour and i wanted to ask you know the question is you know what's the one thing that really pops out when you look back at the hot in the shade tour and we've just had the 30th anniversary of Eric Carr's final performance with Kiss live in concert at Madison Square Garden. That was, what, November the 9th, um, 1990? So, you know, two very poignant things, and um, that photo is circulating a lot of... um, I think Eric's drum tech took a picture of him performing at that show from behind, and it just made my heart sees for a second there looking at a guy wouldn't have known it was his last show playing his heart out like he always appeared to and here we are 30 years later 
and he's he's with us with the music so Ken, let's start with you on that. You know, what's the one thing you think of when you think of Hot in the Shade tour? And, uh, you know, then just some thoughts on Eric. Well, one thing, I just remembered that the the, the set list was, was so great from, you know, the songs that they hadn't played in many years. Uh, they brought back, and it was a longer concert, too, um, a longer show. Um I, it's hard to say one thing like that. Uh, that was the big, a big thing. It was like, whoa, I can't believe they're playing I Stole Your Love, you know, that kind, of, that kind of stuff. You know, looking at my buddy, like, we're just like, look at each other, like, oh, my God, they're playing it, you know, <laughs> playing it. Um, and But then, you know, the stage show is kind of a, a close second because that was their best stage show since Creatures. Uh, the rest of, you know, the the 80s, uh, pretty much, I, I didn't care for too much of the, you know, there wasn't that great or that exciting um, as what, you know, they're known to be. They say, oh, they always put the best stage show on, but that was, that stage lived up to it, you know, that uh, when they say that. Yeah, Andrew, first thing that pops into your head other than Fort Wayne. <laughs> How'd you know I was going <laughs> to talk about Fort Wayne? Um, that it's it's one of the shows that brought um, Kiss's formula back. You kind of saw later on the Crazy Nights tour they were bringing back those 70 songs, but you finally saw a band that was comfortable with their history. I think they spent a lot of the early um, early to mid 80s trying to erase the late 70s and the makeup days of the early 80s, trying to be this beer drinking, alcohol drinking, womanizing hard rock band of the time because that's what was popular. But you finally found this band when 1990 came around that they were proud to be a heritage band for the first time. And I think it set up the rest of their career, uh, my opinion, because I think if Hot in the Shade didn't happen the way it did, you may not have gotten the reunion tour as it happened or how it happened. So I think this I think when I think back to Hot in the Shade, I go, well, this is a band that's finally proud of what they've done. And uh, such a cool concept's available on Kissology Volume 2, Detroit. There's another night that's available in fan circles. So while the album may not be great, I think the tour is just awesome. And uh, it's great that we have a little nugget of history in there um, with it being Eric Carr's last show. And um, a tour that was highly publicized that he was not happy with the band on. And you kind of wonder, well, if Eric lived, what would have happened with Eric Carr and Kiss after this? So, um, so yeah, it's 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 it's. Heavy stuff because obviously Eric passed. And we're still thinking about Eric and all that stuff. Um, but uh, it's cool. And, and that photo is cool. I really enjoy every time I see that photo. There's that one photo that Matt's Vatsford took of Eric at the garden and that one of him behind. Um, but yeah, very cool. And is there still any pre-orders left of the Rockology picture disc? That's currently uh, the limited edition thousand copies of that. Is that still... I don't know. I, I have not gone to Lindsley Records because it, it's not getting a lot of kind of press outside of just a couple of groups, unfortunately. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Andrew. I, it was that set list is just absolutely fantastic. It was where they finally found a balance between their past and their present, and they were more comfortable not trying to follow those trends as much. You know, there was still a little bit. I, I thought they looked better as a band. Obviously, I didn't get to see them because I was in Singapore. Um, you know, so that's just just the breaks. Actually, no, I'd come back from Singapore and I didn't know what the hell was going on because I was in Scranton. Uh, you know, so I, I wasn't really uh, well grounded after uh, two years in in Singapore. So those those sets they 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 just really were the culmination of what the process that had started the year or two years before on the second half of the Crazy Nights tour by bringing in all those gems. But they also had very strong current material coming into the set. Rise to it was really good. It was one of the gems on the album for me. Forever was one of the gems on on the Thank album. You and hide your heart you know <laughs> just just to make sure that we don't forget you know and i don't remember what other songs were done off the, under the gun was still in there 
um, Tears Are Falling was still in there. Um, so there was a good mix of 80 stuff and late 80, 80 stuff as well. Pick it up, have fire, I love it loud, all that stuff. Yeah, but to have that all offset in, what, 22, 24 songs, well-balanced between the two, well-balanced between Paul and Gene as singers, and, you know, Eric, you know, prominently featured on backing vocals. I can't remember if he was still doing uh, Black Diamond at that time, or... Yep, he was. It was that where they cut off the end, that end solo section, and it went from Black Diamond right into Shout It Out Loud, which I thought was cool. Did they still have Young and Wasted in, or was that... No, that 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 died with the Animalized tour. Yeah, that's a shame. But uh, but there you go. So yeah, that picture disc, you know, and the, again the poignancy of the photos of Eric on it, uh, you know, are kind of interesting. Let's move into another topic here. Um, someone actually had the audacity to post: Vinny is wasting a great story. <laughs> is he? Ken. What what? By not what way is by, he wasting? by by not writing a biography or autobiography. Okay, okay, that's what you yeah. All right, um, is he wasting a great story? Maybe. Um, you know, we'll wait to hear. And you know, I, I know he said he was going to write a book, so uh, I you know I'm interested, but it, you know what is it all going to be about? That you know uh, he was. You know, always right on on his side of things, and and or I I, I don't I don't know what what to make of it. Um, we just have to wait and see. Uh, is he wait, wasting it? I don't know. If it could be a great story, possibly, and it might not be a great story. Of course, we're interested to hear all the details about everything. If he hasn't told us a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, he wasn't in, in the band for only a couple of years, so how much can he write about that? You know, part of it. 91. Write a lot about 91. Um, okay. Andrew. True. Uh, I took that a different way. I took that he is wasting a great story because he kind of had all of our attention in Atlanta in 2018 and then did the same old, same old again. He came back and we were all like, oh, Vinny's back. He's going to. So I think he's wasting that story. He stayed away for long enough. Then he came back and then did the same thing all over again. So I think he's wasting that story. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it as well. I mean, I looked at this from, you know, the autobiography point of view as well. And, yeah, I think he is wasting a great story. And then I think how big is that market outside of, you know, basically fan areas? Because I'm pretty pretty certain Slaughter fans aren't going to buy it. Who's going to pre-order it? You're going to pre-order something else from Vinnie Vincent? I'm not pre-ordering any books yet that haven't been written ever I mean, come on. again. Let's, I've been let's, burned I mean, twice in the past few years on ex- these books. Exactly, exactly. And in the same market, too. Yeah. Who knows other books that have burned? But, and him, I mean, with, with already with a history of archives? Yeah, no. Exactly. No, for, no, forget it. But I would, I would still love to read his stories. And, you know, when I go back and look at some of the stuff done by Zodiac Mind Warp, I mean, he just sits there and writes a chapter given a subject and then writes it. And then after a couple of years, they've got a collection of just stories. I mean, that's basically what I think Vinny should do is someone work with him, sit him down on a topic have him just talk about that topic, write it up. He needs a ghostwriter probably. Um, and, and then go from there. And I would just love it if he did a book and then you get to 1982 and he's like, oh, then I did a session with this band and joined them for a couple of years, but it didn't work out. Moving on to Invasion, back oh on my, my back, you know, I just leave Kiss out of it completely. Um, you know, just, and then 91, obviously, yeah, that band I was in for a couple of years was struggling again. So, you know, uh, without ever naming anyone in Kiss whatsoever or telling the story. I think we've got so much of it out there anyway already through all the other books that have been written. It would be nice to hear from him first, uh, you know, first, first person, but I don't think it's possible. But I also, I really like the way Andrew approached that. That yes, is he wasting a great story from that perspective of what was possible and the excitement and the drama and the will he won't he of Atlanta 2018 to where we are today of well he's still around 
and he's still making a very small number making of fans. people pay 500 bucks pop for nine people to show up. They got to sign NDAs. Oh, by the way, for my signature, it's more money. Yeah, well, ridiculous. You you have the choice to do it or not to do it, and that's the wonderful thing. And if that has him paying his bills for the next six months, and they had a good time, and he had a good time, or he had a financially, beneficially rewarding time, then fine. I, I don't care. Let's move on into a, another kind of, I think this is a disaster. Puma. Puma. Didn't they already do this? Didn't they already do this? Did that look like from yes, last year? I saw was that. Was it? Yeah. I'm was pretty that sure a... that's one of the three designs that was released last year. probably didn't sell well last year, and they're trying to push it off as new again or something. Because that was the only one that didn't sell out of the of the second batch, because there was the batch... With oh, the shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's also that freaking website so, that it's on. It's really ugly. It's really ugly. It's ugly as sin. Yeah. yeah that, that Puma is... stuff sold really well, like, especially all the active wear. That didn't... That wasn't in stock for a long time. No, and those, those original, like trainers, pardon me, sneakers, uh, that he had with laces rather than the Velcro ones for demented, colorblind, bipolar nut jobs. Um, yeah, those, those ones are not so appealing. So, yeah, I didn't catch that. I, just I got two it. pairs. I got the original white one, and then I got the actual the trainer ones that were put out with the, the zebra print and the cheetah print. That was the actual Puma sneaker. Now, um, did you get Velcro, or are you a big boy who can do laces? I'm a big boy that can do laces. You know, if I, if I was Ralph Sampson, I would not want my name on that shoe. <laughs> I tell you, it's ugliest. It's, really, it's the ugliest one. Oh, it's really so bad. bad. It's it's really bad. And and oh, just bad. so that he knows that I do read his messages, Troy just messaged me that he found another typo. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Troy. <laughs> nice. All right, good. Then we can skip forward to oh yeah, Alive ninety six. What's that? Yeah, what is it? So a couple of years ago, when The Greatest Show on Earth came out, uh, we were, it was before I kind of let everybody know that it was me that did it, because initially I thought, uh, it, I don't know what was going to happen, but initially I didn't tell anybody that was me. Anyway, when it came up on the KISS FAQ, Ken was like, oh, the guy that did this should take all the reunion tour shows and make something else. So I kind of squirreled that idea back away. So that's really all I want to say about it right now, because in the next coming weeks, I promise you, you won't be able to turn your head without seeing something about this. I'm going to plaster social media with this. It's going to be something cool, something positive, and something that you can consume um, that is new um, in this band called Kiss. So, so yeah, it's another one of my little fan edits coming out soon. It'll be out December 11th. And uh, probably uh, in the next, I would say within one to two weeks, you're going to see me heavily, heavily promote this. Really? This... So you're finally going to promote one of your projects. Good. I'm glad you're learning. <laughs> Yeah, this is something that Kiss should have done, you know. So I'm yeah, glad you're doing 100%. it. 100%. That's what I do. I, I try to fill in those gaps of things that Kiss didn't do. It, you know, I, I, there's really no reason for me to do a, um, you know, a documentary in the reunion tour. There's no reason for me to do, right. um, you know, something on the Kiss Symphony or no reason for me to do something on Rock the Nations. Those things that they've already done. So I'm just filling in the gaps of stuff that they should have done. Yep. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just I'm just looking on your YouTube page. One last time, live from New York City. Three hundred and fifty-four thousand views, and the bonus concert, one hundred thirty-six thousand views. And Pretty good, yeah. Greatest show on oh that's not up there. Uh, Kiss at Midnight, one hundred fifty-four thousand views. Wow, that's a lot of support from people. Um, Listen, I, I'm I, just yesterday. I got messages from people that were excited about it, or that were talking about how much they enjoyed the last one. So, um, to me, thank you doesn't seem like it's good enough. But I really, I read every message that people send, and I respond to every single message about those because it means something to me for someone to take time out of their day to watch something that I edited, probably while I was in my underwear. Is is cool, okay. and uh, <laughs> and uh, that's, that's you know, just not a visual. It. Yeah, we you were doing so well, and now we've got that visual. <laughs> but no, but ser in, in all seriousness, though, it really means the world to me that people enjoy it. Or there was a family that made a night out of watching the premiere of One Last Time because they had seen the end of the road tour and they wanted to experience it again. It was in the midst of the heaviest lockdown that we had been in. 
So uh, that was really cool for someone to, to take time out of their day and make an event out of it. And they're watching with their kids and eating popcorn. Who would have thunk that something that I put together in my office or my second bedroom or wherever I was at the time that it would affect somebody like that? So it's it's really cool. And again, thank you doesn't seem like it's enough. But, um, you know, as long as people watch them, I'll continue doing them. Yeah. I really will. Very cool. So, uh, so everybody, thank you. Everyone that supports that. It's It really means the world to me. But thank you isn't enough. Nope, never is. There you go. All right. New York Groove Live sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I love the FAQ. You just never know what you're going to get. I mean, it really is Forrest Gump. The, the Kiss FAQ is like a box of chocolates. Sometimes you're going to get... Well, Gen A, the New York Groove song. Um, I don't think it sucks. Well, I'm, I want yeah, you just spoke. Let's start with Ken on that. What are your <laughs> thoughts of that song live? Uh, yeah, put your pants back in. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, New York Groove Live sucks. Well, you know, it doesn't fall in with a lot of the other music, but I enjoyed it. You know, I, I remember getting the bootleg of 79 Largo way back, you know, it was in the 80s or whatever, and, and then playing... New York Groove, and it's a, just a fun song, really. Uh, and during that show, at least, it was uh, there. You can see they're having a good time with it, and, and so on. And uh, I think it's fine. It works perfectly fine. There are some other songs that kind of, I think, you know, I, I would say, "I Was Made for you, Loving You," <laughs> is is that is kind of in that borderline thing too, um, because you know, yeah, it's good heavy, but it wasn't really meant to be like that um but having said that you know new group live it doesn't suck it's 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 okay it's pretty good andrew have you actually played that during your career i'm sure you I have. did yeah i did and, and i would always kind of play it like the eric carr version where he kind of keeps the time with 16th notes and accents on the hi-hat and there's a lot of tom fills whereas peter just says do do so i kind of always played it like eric carr did live in 1980 I always loved this song. This was my favorite song as a kid growing up. And I remember taking the bus into New York City, and I would always like try to play this song as I was going through you know, the tunnel to get into New York City from New Jersey. I always loved this song. I thought it was cool on the reunion tour, and I really missed it on the Psycho Circus tour. I was like, man, where's New York Groove? And I remember when I watched the MTV Awards, and they, they aired rock and roll all night, and then as the credits were rolling, they kept on cutting back and forth to Kiss. And I saw Ace singer with a guitar. I go, they're playing New York Groove. Why can't we hear it? Um, so that was, I don't know. This has always been one of my favorite songs. Does it sound great all the time? Maybe not. Um, it was kind of hit or miss on the Dynasty Tour, as everything was. But um, I thought it was cool. That version that they put as a bonus track on the Japanese version of You Wanted the Best, You Got the Best is cool. Seek that out. It's uh, If you don't have the vinyl. You can get it. There's a CD sampler from Blockbuster Music. You guys remember those? Yep. Not only was it just Blockbuster Video, it was Blockbuster Music. It was even more short-lived. Uh, so it's cool. It's cool. I highly recommend seeking that version out. It's super cool. Yeah, so uh, I agree. I actually enjoy it live. I never got to see Kiss do it live with Ace. So obviously I got to see Ace do it with various incarnations of his band. And I always just kind of, it was like one of those happy places. It's like, he's doing New York groove, you know, out comes the, he had the flashing guitar as well for mm -hmm. one of them. I don't remember which tour and, you know, even latter day Ace performing it, it was just fun. And that's all, all it was. And that was to me what kiss is all about. Kiss isn't it about, deep lyrical messages, you know, and it's, I know it's a cover, but you know, just the simple kind of drum beat, uh, with the nuances that you talk about, because his drummers have also done that, you know, a little bit, um, well, tarted up a little bit versus the, the original or the way Peter interpreted it. So it's just fun. So no, I don't think it does suck live. I think it's a fun part and it does honor the success of Ace's solo album, as and it's the only legitimate hit off those albums. I got a really funny New York Groove story. So in one of the bands that I used to fill in, they're called Kiss Alive from New York City, and we would always play New York Groove. 
And we would do what Kiss did at the end of the last chorus. We would say, you know, I'm back, back in the Pittsburgh groove, wherever we were, we put the city. And we used to play this place all the time in York, Pennsylvania, called Fat Daddy's. And we would never rehearse what we were going to say before it. So it's during the solo, and we're all kind of looking at each other, going, we can say back in the York groove, back in the Pennsylvania groove, back in the Fat Daddy's groove. Like, all of us are just looking. We don't really know what we're going to we're gonna sing. And uh, the guy playing Paul Stanley, he's a little, he's a little, uh, he was a chub at, I'm going to say that nicely. He's a chub at. So he's a little heavier. And, uh, and so he's playing, and before he could even think, he gets back to the song, and instead of going, I'm back, back in the new group he goes i'm fat because we were at a place called fat daddy's and we couldn't even finish the song because we were laughing so hard and we just kept repeating he's fat he said he's fat and we're at fat daddy's the whole band was just laughing so hard on stage it was probably the funniest moment that ever happened on stage and uh, he was embarrassed he was embarrassed after it to the point where um we were talking about uh, at a later show. We were eating dinner and talking about uh, God of Thunder, where certain cues were in God of Thunder. And I was like, "Yeah, you're gonna start off the song with I'm the Lord of the Wasteland." And he goes, "The Paul guy goes, well, I want to be Lord of the Wasteland." And we go, "No, no, no, no. you're Lord of the Waste Band." Poor guy took so much abuse from us, but it was all in good fun. But that was probably the funniest New York Groove story ever, and it was the funniest song that we've ever played together. Up. good times yeah one of one of the other interesting topics was what do you think is the best kiss album lyrically if there's such a thing when it comes to kiss and the lyrics i mean come on um because kiss has never been about well plaintive emotionally investigative song topics have they you know it's about logs and fireplaces and and, and i was just gonna say that and uh, you know submarines there you go um take me down below um but do you, do you think there is any album where they did kind of stretch themselves um intellectually and I almost want to ban the elder from this this, this part of That's the discussion because it is probably the one of two albums. I, I think there's another. Um, Ken, let's start with you. Yeah, there's two albums that come to mind right away, of course. Um, yes, The Elder. Um, it's trying to tell a story there, um, where a lot of their songs are just not so much a story, or they are quick, you know, uh, wham, bam, thank you, man, stories. Um, thank you, ma'am. Um, but, uh, yeah, the elder is one that comes to mind. And then of course the other one for me is carnival of souls, even though it's a lot of dreary kind of topics. Um, I, I think on that, well, for the most part, um, it's a downer, um, in the, in the, you know, the message, I guess on the album, uh, so, but I, I would go with the elder just because I, I like that story anyway. And uh, yeah, they were trying, they were stretching, you know. Of course, they changed, you know, Gene had to change the lyrics to certain songs and that he had written before that he, you know, only you was whatever before um, or whatever. I can't remember. It, it might have been only you before that, right? Um, but he had to ch- change lyrics there and they changed lyrics to some other things. So, uh, I think that's the album for me. It's, it's, yeah, it's a kind of hard to pick one, um, <laughs> to pick anyone that, that are, um, you know, uh, I can't say best lyrically, just, um, they were just going for something different and, uh, and as a, just a better subject matter, I guess, on the elder. I keep going on mute and struggling then to find my unmute button. So, uh, Andrew. This isn't a band that I need to be lyrically deep. So it, yeah. I've never thought about, oh, what are the deepest lyrics? I go, I just kind of want to hear some cool guitars and some have some fun with some songs. So, uh, yeah, um, probably the most contrived albums lyrically are Carnival of Souls and The Elder. But those are both far from their best works 
Which so. I guess kind of proves the point then, doesn't it? That Kiss yeah. is, is about the subject matter, not the lyrics. Because when yeah. they try to write a deep lyric, it either happens by accident, say, let me know, um, but they're not consistently kind of on that level throughout. I mean, they're not Pink Floyd. Um, you know, what are some other bands that, you know, it, kind of they're go not the rush. Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Uh, well, the Doobies are fucking fun to listen to. So. I just, it's not, I've never thought, I've never sat and thought, what's the social, ecological message behind Hotter Than Hell? What's the message? I go, no, the song sounds cool, and the guitar solo was cool. So, I don't know, I've never, I've never sat and, and microanalyzed lyrics on Kiss songs. No, it's probably a pointless endeavor. Uh, but Carnival of Souls, yeah, I think that goes further than the, uh, the Elder does in terms of consistency of trying to express oh christ feelings while wearing flannel the the angst of a seattle teenager as expressed by a 45 year old new york yeah. israeli immigrant <laughs> wait, 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 i never wait. i never i never drew those parallels between carnival of souls and grunge music it just sounded like the natural progression from Hot in the Shade, Revenge, to Carnival of Souls. It just, there's just a little bit of a harder edge in there. And maybe that's just me being naive, I, but I don't think that they were trying to be a Seattle band. I just thought that they were like, well, what would it sound like if we were heavier? What would it sound like if we were a Seattle band? To- <laughs> Toby. <laughs> yes. Because otherwise, but, but, he wouldn't, he wouldn't jungle, have been there. But Jungle is an, is arguably... The most Kiss-like song on that record. No, it's the most Deep Purple-like song on that album. It, but in the Kiss, like you could put that song on, an, you could redo that song and put it on another record, and you would say this sounds like Kiss. That song could have been on Revenge. I don't think so. I I disagree. No? I I think that song is a complete outlier to what Kiss could have been, because that shit. That's got some serious feels going on in it. That jungle, jungle is unlike yeah. for me anything that they ever did or since. There's two songs on that album that went completely outside um, convention and kind of blew my mind. Jungle one and Master and Slave two, yeah, which you know were, were just outstanding. If they'd had brighter production mm. um, rather than dirgy monolithic just very monotone in terms of the, the layers you don't have the layers imagine what Ezrin could have done with both of those um, sorry Mark who's it with us Ezrin would have done a pretty good job I think uh, with that I would have rather have heard it with Ezrin producing than uh, Toby yeah well, Toby engineering, but he, why would he engineer at that state of his career anyway? I think he would have been fine, but I think Ezrin could have helped them edit it a little bit more and say, you don't need that there. That's Trim that. And I think he would have had the kind of um, the power with them, the respect, the admiration yeah. to, for his word to be taken rather than just recording them and then putting it together. I, I, I mean, I never had a chance to talk to Toby about Carnival of Souls, as we were always talking about other albums. And that might be one. I mean, did he kind of fulfill the role of Eddie Kramer more in that and just record it more from an engineering perspective than a producer? And I'm sure Decibel Geek has done a great podcast with Toby on that mm-hmm. to listen to or a podcast or the Kiss Room. And I, I should go and listen to some of those because that's now what I'm wondering, you know, about his approach. Yeah, I, I think his techniques uh, obviously were used um, that he used on whatever Alice in Chains or whatever um, to to record the instruments a certain way to make a certain sound, um, and that's and that is that sound that is that Seattle or what do you want to call it grunge sound, um, not as grungy as maybe. A normal grunge band, but it was it was you know it was right there. It's definitely an influence and definitely a follow in trend there. 
that Kiss tends to do. Yeah, because you get a producer for a specific reason. They got Nevison for a reason. You'd get Roy Thomas Barker or Baker, whatever his name was. Baker. Uh, yeah, for a reason. You'd get Martin Birch for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, you get Eddie Kramer for a reason. You get each one of those guys. Mutt Lang. Yeah, why? Man, no, man, imagine what Mutt Lang could have did for Kiss. I always wanted. I always wanted. They Mutt would Lang not have produced Kiss. They would not have survived Mutt. There is no way in hell those guys could survive the huh? madness of Mutt. I don't know. I think they. I think they could. I think they could. I think they could. I think they could have. Uh, yeah, I would have rather Mutt had Mutt than than the. And Nevison. Imagine if uh, Mutt Lang produced Crazy Nights. I'm just. I'm thinking it would be. It would have been incredible. A lot better. That's just my opinion. Been <laughs> Hysteria Part Two. No, hysteria. because they didn't have the songs. But then again, they did have the songs, and maybe he could have done more with them. I would have preferred to have Fairburn in 87. Mm. Yeah. I mean, they left off some good material. I mean, you listen to some of those demos, some of those Crazy Nights demos that they sound. They have more heart than what ended up on the album, ultimately. And the of them not including Sword and Stone. Come on. That would, that's a great, that would have been a great anthem yeah. in the time. Yeah. Yep. Weird. Well, we've had the story on why, and it's just one of those strange things in in rock and roll. All right, last thing today is Hot Topic, <laughs> the new uh, Gene Simmons doll. Okay, children, come around, come around. This, this is, is going new? to be this. This is going to be me. I, I need this. Do you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> so. I've seen there's a whole line of figures and I forget the line because they're completely forgettable mm-hmm. of that this company's putting out there. There's like an Angus Young and I think there's there's a couple others that are just out and they're hitting Walmarts everywhere now. Hot topic too, wherever they're whatever it is. Yeah. So you got these action figure lines and then it's like eighteen bucks a figure. So it's not a cheap figure. It's not like those Biff Bang Pow figures. Those Biff Bang Pow figures are catering to people that really like to collect the three and three quarter inch vintage Kenner Star Wars line. So for me, they're setting out to do something that looks like those vintage Star Wars figures, and they're doing it. So, okay, I, I can see what they're doing there. I can appreciate that as a vintage figure collector. Fine. You got this company out here. They're charging a premium price, which premium action figures now are, are $20. You got your Marvel Legends, your Star Wars Black Series. Those are your, your, those are your bread and butter figure lines as a figure collector from Hasbro. They're $20 a figure or $21 a figure. And they're great. They're highly detailed, great paint applications, great accessories, alternate heads, alternate hands, all kinds of great stuff. Then you get this piece of garbage figure that says Gene Simmons Destroyer. Okay, man. First of all, number one, Gene Simmons Destroyer. They got a picture from 2013 on there. They got a Punisher base with Gene Simmons. When did Gene Simmons ever have those wings? What is up with that hair? What's going on with the codpiece? It looks like a cheap $5 action figure. And people are like, oh, I'm going to buy it. Well, ass, it's your fault. Why they keep making garbage like this? Because you're out there buying it. This is junk. Complete and total junk. There's no reason why that they can't make a $20 or $25 premium 6-inch figure that look like the damn members of KISS. No reason. And rant. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at some of the reviews. Uh, All-American Man. Wow, looks pretty bad. He looks like he belongs in the My Little Pony line. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's terrible. It is My terrible. Little Genie. Just go look at go look at the six-inch figures that just came out for the Mandalorian show in the Star Wars Black series. Actually, these, co- these comments are better than the figure. I never thought I'd see the day when I was beyond tired of seeing more Kiss figures. Um, there are so many bad ones out there. Which are the best? Uh, I don't care because they're dolls and I don't buy them. Uh, yeah, man. The thing I just, is, I, I saw yeah. that and I was like, "What are they doing?" The thing is, yeah, it's <laughs> it's five inches tall, right? I think they it's actually five and a half inches tall. Or okay, five, five and a half inches. Yeah, but but Andrew, it has twenty points of articulation. No, no, that whoever wrote that can suck my ass. <laughs> 
because we've had Marvel Legends action figures that have been out since 2002 that at one point had 32 points of articulation in a 6-inch action figure. And yeah, some of the articulation points back then looked kind of goofy. But you have McFarlane figures out there now that are doing these great 22-point articulation and they're doing awesome with the DC with the DC Multiverse line and they're doing great stuff with the Fortnite wave. They're doing great stuff. And then they put out this bullshit. Come on. This is a slap in the face to not they only had, Kiss fans, but to action figure collectors. Yeah, they had, what was it? It was about a year or two ago when they had the other action figures that don't look good. Well, they're a little taller. They're like 10 inch maybe or so. You're talking about the, the Mego ones? Yeah, the Mego ones. Uh, yeah, but so. Those but are think, no, those were no, those are no good either. Yeah, but, um, the, the, but the thing with those is they were eight inch versions to right. look like vintage Mego dolls. There was an entire there were these weren't just Kiss figures. Well, you're better off going to the figure toy company to to get you know. But, but what I'm saying is you have these these companies they're catering to that market of vintage looking figures. Right. I knew right. right out the gate that they're oh they're redoing the Mego figures. They're gonna look cheap because the Mego figures they look cheap. They have a certain charm because they're nostalgic, but that's fine. This is an action figure company that's promoting, look at all the points of articulation, look at how great these figures look. You're promoting that you're making a great product and you're releasing this bullshit? Gene has a Dutch boy haircut. Where did, where did those wings come from? Come on, it's terrible, awful. It's an insult. It sucks. Came, the wings came from uh, Count Dracula, another action figure. And are you going to make the rest <laughs> of the damn band? Or are you just going to make one? <laughs> come on. Well, I was actually going to say, well, it's not that bad, but I guess... I guess it's it okay. I, I mean, a lot of those, these newer ones, uh, you think they could do a little bit better on the on the face and makeup and the, well, at least like that, said, the most gold. important feature on a on a kiss is is the makeup and getting that right and maybe getting the hair right. Um, the the I think the rest of the costume part is whatever. I mean, it's 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 not too difficult to get that right, but. Go it's look at some of those make. new Star Wars Black Series action figures. Like it, the, the it's a six-inch figure it looks exactly like Harrison Ford from 1977. Really? Why can't they do that? I wish I had my Han Solo that I got in '77 when that movie came out. I and don't have that. That stuff is super cool. I have a 1977 Millennium Falcon. <laughs> or excuse me, seven. It's a '79 Millennium Falcon. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. '79. It was Very for Empire Strikes Back. Um. But you have these other companies that look great. I mean, even they just they just redid a line of Ghostbuster action figures, redoing the the figures from the 1984 movie, and they, it looks like this figure looks exactly like Ernie Hudson. It's awesome. But the imagine figures, the, imagine the kiss figures and the creatures, outfits and and a, a tank stage that could come along. Oh with, my God! Would that be? I I would. I. I can't even on. tell you how happy I would be. <laughs> I yeah. would be so I would be giggling nonstop. Yeah, I had to look it up because you know, while you guys talk about toys, the only ones I ever had were Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> the Colonial Fighter. And oh, Silence. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, that's good cool stuff. I, sure. Then I had some of the uh, the Hoth um, Rebels. Those are. I fun. have a. I have a. Used to Wampa. burn them in the smoke. Oh, why are you burning them? I have a Wampa in my freezer, and then I have a Luke that's frozen, stuck to the top of my freezer, like he's in Hoth. So you open my freezer, like you see the Wampa, and you see Luke. It's so cool. All right, there we are. And on that note, we will end. Um, we do appreciate you, as always, taking the time to join us. If you made it to this point, you're probably like, "Where's the giveaway?" There's none this week. I'm keeping that shit for me. Uh, but we do thank you for joining us. And we do thank you for participating on the FAQ and coming up with a lot of these great topics that we've been trawling through lately. It's just a little bit easier with the state of the world just to look at the message board and talk about the topics that I wouldn't otherwise uh, post in. To be perfectly honest, I seldom post in topics. I only show up when I see little alerts saying someone's been naughty. And, uh, <laughs> yes. You know, I, I'm busy. I'm trying to finish a book, one that really does exist. Um, but for now, we shall go. Enjoy the rest of your Veterans Day. Enjoy Kiss. Enjoy Kiss. Enjoy life. 
enjoy rock and roll. New ACDC drops this week as well. It does. So that's oh, gonna yeah. be it's I have been thoroughly enjoying that for it being exactly what you would expect from ACDC. It is, but it's also refreshingly awesome. So it exceeded my expectations, unlike the Foo Fighters, which were a total downer for mm. me. So And there's a it. new uh, Iron Maiden coming out next week, so that is live. the the Mexican live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, got it. yeah, I will have to get that. Is that coming out as a video or just as a a, a music album? Just a music album right now. So okay. far, just music. Yeah, yeah. I've already got it on pre-order. I'm getting the actual the, the two disc, um, the booklet version, and a T-shirt. I'll, ta- I'll take it. I'll take the new foos as well because it's new music at a time that we need it. All right, that's it for this week. We shall see you next time. Take care. Be healthy. Bye now. Hold on, I got. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.